Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Every once in a while, a story comes along that prompts a reporter to drop everything. That's what New York Times reporter Thomas Fuller wrote yesterday. And for Fuller, that story was about a high school football team at the California School for the Deaf, Riverside, which has had an undefeated season and for the first time in the school's history is on the verge of clinching the division championship. Thomas Fuller is with us now. Thanks so much for joining us, Thomas. Hi, Mina. Good to be back. So you are the New York Times San Francisco Bureau Chief. So you jumped in your car, drove seven hours to profile this team. Can you tell us about them? What can you tell us about the Cubs? Well, that's right. So as you said, I'm a New York Times reporter, but and we're trained to be objective. And that's important. But I'm just going to put all of that aside (laughs) because I'm a super fan. I just absolutely had to go down there. Um, it just, I, I had a lump in my throat the whole time I was down there. Um, they lost for seven seasons and schools came to them. You know, they play all hearing schools. Schools would come to them, other football teams. There'd be some trash talk. Uh, there'd be, you know, certain teams got comments about, oh, we can't lose to a deaf team. And then this year, let me just read some scores from this year for the football team, for the California School for the Deaf Riverside. 68 to zero, 46 to zero, 64-22, 78-18. They are just wow. romping. They're doing, a, they're doing a terrific job. And it's, you know, there's a lot going on. It's, it's a... Sorry, I mean, I dropped out. Uh, yeah, it's a you... good... Go right ahead, we can hear you. It's a good group of boys. Um, they're, you know, they're trained very well, but I think there's a bigger story here as well, which is that this is an all deaf environment. A lot of these, a lot of these boys played football on hearing teams and, uh, that didn't work out very well. They were sort of put at nose guard, you know, because, oh, well there, you won't have to communicate with anyone. Um, they, a lot of them were just distraught by it. They, they couldn't. They couldn't communicate with other players on the team. Now, all the coaches are deaf. All the players are deaf. And to watch them operate is a thing of beauty. To see how they're up at the line, they're turning, facing their coach who's signing to them, coded signing, by the way. So even if the other team knew ASL, they wouldn't be able to decipher what the next plays were. Mm. Um, And they're fast, they're physical, um, and they're just dominating. Well, I want to bring Nancy Leibach Amen into the conversation, superintendent of the California School for the Deaf Riverside, who's joined by her ASL interpreter, Mara Bowditch. Welcome to you both. And uh, 
Nancy Lauer, Eamon, I want to ask you, what do you attribute to the student success? We certainly have Thomas's excitement for it, but what do you think is behind their success this year? Hello. Well, I have to say it's their level of commitment and their passion to playing this game with heart the entire time since day one. And I will say they've always played their best or at their best, right? For years and years, that's been the case. However, this year, the chemistry amongst these players, it, it just has really been remarkable, the bond that they have. And they all want the same thing, and that is to win. That is to win for themselves individually and for them as a school for the deaf and for the community. And I think the reason behind that is to send a strong message. We are that good. And... <laughs> Bring it on at this point, bring it on. So what has it meant to the school, the students to have the team do so well? Oh, the morale. The morale has been boosted incredibly. It really has enhanced their level of confidence knowing that they are doing something so well. And it, very interesting. Uh, I would say just this positive energy that's coming from the players, from the coaches alike, it's infectious. It truly is. I mean, it, everybody's feeling it. Everybody's got their eyes on this team. And during this time, as we all know, there's, there are devastating things happening worldwide. And what we're doing here right now is helping others to reinforce that good things are happening. Good things are occurring and people truly need to observe and witness that and see the value of community, camaraderie. And sports really brings people together, truly, because sports is not just limited to the players. It's open to all of the spectators, the fans of all kinds, as you can imagine. It brings in all types of fans and those that are coming from families that are not deaf, coming from hearing families, it's especially inspirational because these families can see, wow, my child is truly succeeding. They're achieving so much. And that means a lot to those families. Some of our students live uh, a ways away. We serve students from 12 different counties in Southern California, as you can imagine. And this truly means the world to all of them. And I think everyone is realizing, wow, these students can truly thrive with their deaf peers. We're talking with Nancy Leibach, Amen, superintendent of the California School for the Deaf, Riverside, joined by her ASL interpreter, Mara Bowditch. Also, Thomas Fuller is with us, San Francisco bureau chief with the New York Times. And you, our listeners, are invited to join the conversation with your questions about the team, your reactions to what you're hearing. 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. Email us, forum at kqed.org, or reach us on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. And I'm being told we have... Uh, California Schools Chief Tony Thurmond on the line with us. Uh, Tony Thurmond, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. And thank you for featuring this incredible team of scholar athletes. Go Cubs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud that um, uh, the California School for the Deaf in Riverside is part of our, the California Department of Education family. But I'm just a fan today. And um, I've been learning about our players 
and, um, and, and really them sharing their stories uh, of saying, you know, this is a great testament to their hard work and that they worked hard during the pandemic when we were all disconnected. They just kept working and they don't want anyone to look down on them. They want everyone to see that they're just athletes on the field doing something that they love. And thank you, Thomas, for driving from San Francisco to meet, uh, to, to Riverside to cover this. Um, and yeah. thank you to uh, Superintendent uh, Nancy uh, Hibakiman and the entire staff and the families at the California School for the Deaf Riverside. They're incredible. We could not be more proud. We want everyone to uh, uh, learn about uh, our great students and the coaches, uh, thank you for the coaches for your incredible work. So thanks for having uh, this feature today on this mm. incredible school and this incredible group of athletes. Well, thank you for calling in, Superintendent Thurmond. And uh, on that note, Thomas, one of the things that I heard you sort of suggest in your earlier comment is that that playing on an all-deaf team can serve as an advantage, actually can give the team an edge. Is that what the coach was telling you? Uh, he certainly was, but you know, I thought it was even more instructive to talk to the opposing coach I, after the game on Friday. Yeah. I approached the the coach who had just lost eighty four to twelve, and I said, "I said, so um, what? What do you have to say to the the teams that are going to you know the the in the next two games of the playoffs? What do you have to say to the teams that are going to be playing the Cubs?" And he said, "Be careful." thinking that you might have an advantage. He said, this team communicates better than any other team I've coached against. So there's, there's that, you know, there's also, uh, there are studies showing that uh, deaf people signing people are very visual uh, and they're, they can see motion and they can see sort of spatial organization better than hearing people because, because they rely on it so much. And so the co I asked the coaches about those studies and they said, yeah, they said our players can see the field. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting too. Can I chime in here? This is Yeah, Nancy. absolutely. I just wanted to say also, uh, just to piggyback on that, the senses, right? Hearing, smell, taste, et cetera. So that sense of hearing, obviously we don't have that. So in lieu of that, our acuity in terms of visual acuity is enhanced. I mean, I, it's like we can see 360, obviously it's 180, but truly we're so alert. We can capture almost everything in our peripheral vision and our hand and eye coordination is even that much more sharp. And in fact, I, I would actually like to uh, share another interesting tidbit here. <laughs> um, the world sports, you know, worldwide, football, basketball, baseball, you name it. There's a lot of history when it comes to American Sign Language and the level of influence that has had because coaches want to hide their information from the opposing team, as you can imagine, with their plays, et cetera, et cetera. So that's always been protected through hand signals, through signs, through symbols and gestures. And that has been rooted in ASL, American Sign Language. That where, that's where it was derived from. So when we are playing opposing teams that have never played against a school for the deaf, you know, they see the word deaf, they don't think past that point. But then on the field, lo and behold, they're very much awakened to the power of sign language. And it is so incredibly impactful. I mean, this is impacting worldwide sports. We've had a strong influence. I think there needs to be more research on that. Um, Superintendent Leibach, Eamon, 
Thomas Fuller had asked the athletic supervisor, Laura Edwards, about how the success of this team, this school, informs the debate over whether deaf children should attend mainstream institutions or all deaf schools. And I was wondering if what you thought about that. Oh, well, I have chosen to be here because this is full access to language. Students have access to language, two languages, American Sign Language, written form of English, and then in their, with their peers, they're able to engage with them. Our instruction occurs in American Sign Language. It's honestly the best of both worlds. Often the thinking is that we are more isolated and it is the opposite. The opposite holds true. A deaf child going into a mainstream environment, they're more likely to have that feeling of loneliness because daily conversations that occur between students, those are powerful opportunities, right? So playing against that theory, emphasizing that students thrive with interaction, peer interaction. And at Schools for the Deaf, that's what we provide. From the minute they get to school to the minute that they're done with their school day and in the public school sector, they only have certain periods of time when the interpreter is available where they have access to that. So a peer comes in, as you can imagine, we've got an adult interpreter that has to be the mediator between me and you know this other 16 year old that I want to talk to. Of course they wanna have personal intimate conversations without having a third party in the way. That said, talking about inclusion the best level of inclusion for a child that is deaf or a deaf student is to be at an all deaf school. Students thrive and of course, once you have a strong foundation, then you've got more confidence to do whatever it is that you want to do outside in the real world. And not just job related thinking that you have to work in a deaf related field, but there's a lot of stories out there, lots of testimonies that prove schools for the deaf build that level of confidence for deaf people. They continue on with post-secondary education, universities, trade schools, you name it, and everything in between. We're talking with Nancy Lywak, Amen, Superintendent of the California School for the Deaf Riverside, joining us on Zoom with ASL interpreter Mara Bowdage. Thomas Fuller is with us, San Francisco Bureau Chief with the New York Times. We're talking about the championship football season that the Cubs from the California School for the Deaf Riverside are having. And you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. And uh, this listener writes, both of my parents taught at the California School for the Deaf in Fremont, which is the Northern California version of the Riverside School. I spent time as a kid running through the halls. A few years ago, the Fremont School was featured on ESPN for the football program. I am excited about this show. Uh, this is reminding me, Thomas Fuller, you did write about the atmosphere at games, and you touched on this a little bit, but can you describe how watching the Cubs is different from other high school football games? The, right. the differences so, that really jumped out at you. Yeah. So from a hearing perspective, when you walk onto that campus, first of all, you walk past the gates, you're the one who needs to adjust. You're the hearing person, but you're in a completely signing environment. So you better have a notepad, you know, so that you can write down any questions you had, thoughts. That was the first thing. The other thing was that the game, you know, there's no loudspeaker. There's no, you don't, there's no one telling you play by play. 
what's happening. Uh, there's no national anthem played before the game. There's an American flag right next to the field, but there's no national anthem. There's no, um, my son plays football and, and you know, the, the team will yell run or pass, you know, when the play starts to, to, in, to inform the defense, what, you know, what to look out for. You don't hear that as much. It's not a silent environment by any stretch, but it's different. It's a, it's a, it's, it's different. You're there and you're, you're much more focused on just sort of watching the game. And how close are they to clinching this, the, the division two, championship? Two games away. So tomorrow evening, Catalina Island, it's their toughest competitor yet. And they've got to win that. And then a week later is the championship. So uh, Superintendent Leibach, Eamon, where do you think this season will take the school just in terms of what it can potentially do uh, for the for the program, for the school, for for people's real attention that they're now paying to CSDR? Yes. Well, I do want to welcome more students. <laughs> You know, I think people don't realize that California School for the Deaf Riverside is a public school. So let me say that we don't charge to send students to our school. There's no tuition per se. We have a massive campus. We're 63 acres of land here. And we are more than excited to accept more students. So we're looking for matric matriculation as a result of this. If you are curious about our school, we welcome those questions. We serve all deaf students in Southern California. And again, often, you know the word uh, deaf. When we capitalize that, Dan, I want to emphasize this. People think, oh, well, I, I am not deaf. I do have some residual hearing, so I guess I don't fit into that school for the deaf. We're, we're not here for labeling purposes. Deaf, that is an umbrella term for the entire community. Okay, and the community is diverse in hearing levels and all deaf students would benefit from our program. Deaf blind students and anything in between, honestly, we serve a vast population here and we serve a wide array of students. We are a general ed school with special education provided. We are not a special ed school and I know that that's a misconception. A lot of people are confused by that. But my point therein lies, if you want it, we have it here. It is available for your student. So I'm very excited about this time and what kind of publicity this is going to provide and uh, what's, going, what's to come. So thank you, Thomas Fuller. Thank you so much. And I have to say that this is just a beautiful time, quite honestly, in all of our lives. And let me unpack that a little bit more. So we have some people that have become more mindful, more kind uh, to all types of people on earth. And this is such a stellar moment. And you go into a room, if a person signs, great, we're able to engage in conversation. We get to know one another. We have access to language here. The power of community and connectedness, that's just such a great starting point is what we're seeing here right now working together, living together, playing together. Well, Nancy Leibach, Eamon, and Thomas Fuller, thank you and best of luck. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation.
Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.